everybody. Thank you for downloading episode 73 of We Got This with Mark and Hal. Are you going to be at Comic-Con in San Diego this weekend? Me too. Come find me there. Go to HalLublin.com and I will post the details of where you can find me. Hey, do you enjoy the show? Me too. Tell your friends. I do. Just use bit.ly forward slash share WGT. It's a single click from a mobile device to share the show with your friends and have them start listening and subscribing and arguing with you and us. And now without any further ado, here's episode 73 of We Got This with Mark and Hal. Hello, I'm Hal Lublin. And I'm Mark Gagliardi. Since the dawn of humanity, one issue has gone unsettled. With the fate of the world in the balance, we're here to settle once and for all. The city, the country, or the suburbs. That's right. Don't worry, everyone. We got this. Podcasts should have a theme song. Podcasts should not have a theme song. Yes, they should. No, they shouldn't. They sound good. Yeah, but people are just going to skip past it. Hmm. You know what? You're right. We got this. Well, howdy there, city mouse. Hey, hello there, country mouse. So today, how the topic, country or city living? I know. And and the suburbs thrown in there, too. We've got, like, the marriage between the two. So it's really like a three-way dance, right? Uh, You know what? I was going to actually ask you about that mm-hmm. because I don't feel like the differences are vast enough in the suburbs to warrant and including them in this. So you think – would you throw the suburbs in with urban living – uh, it, it, that's, that's a thing. It's, there are urban suburbs and then there are rural suburbs. Like where I grew up in Tennessee, most of the suburbs are pretty small town feeling. You know what I mean? I guess it's more like big city or small town. Right. This is, this is a great beginning to this episode. We don't even know what, what it is we're talking about. Well, the one thing we do know is that this was suggested by YDub38. That's W-H-Y. So why dub 38 uh, on Reddit? I give up. Why? Uh, to get to the other side. Oh. So uh, do you want to make it a three-way race or do you want to make it two? To me, when I think about living in the city versus – like even if you're – even if country living didn't exist, there would still be a, a large divide between living inside of a bustling metropolis and living mm-hmm. in the outskirts on a suburb. For me, rural is – uh, to me, small town living is rural living mm-hmm. in that there's a small central area where maybe some of your transactional stuff is done. There's some restaurants, some shops and stuff. But for the most part, nobody lives really in that area. Most of what happens is happening pretty far outside and there are larger yeah. expanses of land. So to me, it is different. Like suburbs are sort of, are sort of the me- – it, it's the, the idea of having more room that you would get in, in a more country setting. But still being near a metropolis. Absolutely. That's okay. It. All right. So we're going to use all three. Okay. That was a question. I realized I put the inflection down on the end. Like it wasn't a question. Okay. Well, then I'll ask it. So we're doing all three. Okay. Uh, it's city. Uh, asked and answered. <laughs> now, why do you say that? Did you, did you, you grew up. You grew up in a rural area, not really. I didn't right? grow up. I didn't grow up exactly rural. Um, no, uh, I was talking to Juliana about this episode earlier, and she went, "You guys are just going to say city, aren't you? Don't you both live in cities and always have?" <laughs> um, 
Well, but, uh, and there's, and you know, you pick where you want to live for certain reasons. Uh, and really, w- what I've realized in researching this, it all comes down to what your priorities are. Okay. Uh, but no, to answer your question, where I grew up, so Knoxville isn't a huge city, but it's about, uh, it's less than a million. It's about 600,000 people. Okay. And I lived in a suburban area of Knoxville. It's also the home of the University of Tennessee. So I lived in a suburb of a small city. So I was, it was like buying a shirt that was extra medium. <laughs> You know what I mean? Yeah. Like we had a couple of good restaurants, but we also had a Chili's and a Walmart. Sure. You know? They're everywhere though. They are. Not in the, not in New York though, man. I, you know what I can't find in New York City that I really wish I had? What? Cracker Barrel and Waffle House. <laughs> I miss those, man. When I was in Arizona for a little while doing that show, I was just digging on, digging on some Waffle House and digging on some, uh, oh, some sweet, sweet Cracker Barrel. How much, What's this episode about? How much time? I, I'm now it's about Cracker Barrel because I want to talk about Great. the general store out front. Okay. Have you ever found any item that would actually be useful in any way, shape, or form in that general store? I, I don't mean like it's funny to see, like just the a DVD set that's like the worst of Quantum Leap. <laughs> or the Andy Griffith shows that never made it to air because they just didn't finish taping and we filled it in with um, some drawings or like like uh, All right. Apple Mint candy sticks. I will tell you uh, a few things from that general store that I love. Oh, ye naysayer. Go ahead. Uh, first of all, it's a great place. If you're from the South, it's a great place to Christmas shop for the family because they have all the country stuff that mom loves. Nothing says I've, I love you and I'm thinking about you, mom, than <laughs> something you got at the Cracker Barrel General Store. Go ahead. Hey, don't knock it. It's great. They have like, you know, Waterford Crystal uh, moonshine cups and stuff. Um, <laughs> the, the useful things that I've found in there. Okay. One, I recently put, well, all of this was within the last three months, by the way. Okay. Um, well, two of them. Uh, whorehound candy I used to get as a kid and they always had whorehound candy there. Okay. My grandfather introduced me to it and it's really good for your throat and your voice. You turned me onto it. So I did. That's, that's pretty much a one thing, but I want to hear some other things that you found. Uh, two other things that I found there that were both fantastic. One of them I got, uh, for a dear friend of mine, Lena, uh, was a box of gluten free thin mints. Now, these were not Girl Scout cookie brand thin mints because those are branded, but they had a little photograph of a girl in a uniform. I don't know if it's a Girl Scout uniform or they couldn't get that so they found an old HJ uniform. I don't know. <laughs> but um but it's like a little image of a girl in uh, a uniform and then they're called Slim Mints. Oh god. So I got a box of these because they were gluten-free. Okay. And uh, a couple of years ago, I tried my hand at making gluten-free Thin Mints as a challenge uh, that Lena gave me. And I thought, I bet I could make gluten-free Thin Mints. And I did. And they were mediocre. Okay. So I was very excited to see this box of gluten-free Thin Mints. That was one. The second uh, is currently sitting in my kitchen a few feet away from me. Uh, and it is, of course, my Mount Rushmore salt and pepper shakers. Washington and Jefferson are the salt. Uh, Roosevelt and Lincoln are the pepper. Boy, you have a real liberal definition of the word useful, don't you? <laughs> I suppose. I mean, I love wandering around. 
I love wandering around those generals. I know I'm giving the impression right now that I don't like them. I, the only thing I have against Cracker Barrel is that all of their food will kill you often within minutes of sitting down. Like you see guys who look like Haystacks Calhoun sitting down at the Cracker Barrel <laughs> getting like – and that giant silver tray they used to bring the food over has all plates for that one guy because he's ordered everything on the menu twice yeah. over. The old-timer's breakfast. Exactly. Apple pie medals, dude. <laughs> the old-timer's breakfast basically should just come on an ice floe that the old person gets on so they can be <laughs> sent out to the sea to die alone. Um, wow. But you really do not like Cracker Barrel. I don't dis- – here's the thing. If I could eat there without any negative health effects, I would be at a Cracker Barrel all the time. That's part of the pro- – I think that the version of Cracker Barrel that you're seeing is the one where – with the the fellas that go to their every morning uh, Cracker Barrel trip. You know what I mean? It's like a you know, couple times a year on a Sunday after church kind of place. <laughs> Fair enough. Fair, but do you uh, – how often do you do the IQ test when you go there? Every pegs? time. But now uh, – for those who don't know, the IQ test is – it's a pegboard with 10 holes and nine golf tees in a triangle, and you try to jump golf tees until you only have one left. It's a very country game. And uh, now, unfortunately, I know the pattern to get just one. Really? I do. So now that I know that pattern by heart, I uh, I can't really – like that puzzle is kind of pointless to me now. So it's kind of sad that I've achieved perfection, Hal. I'm sorry. That's your burden to bear. You know, you're, with great power comes great responsibility. You're a Cracker Barrel 10, my friend. Hey, man. You know what that makes me? And everywhere else, too. <laughs> but do you think – to me, like, Cracker Barrel is not an accurate representation of country living. No, I mean, I of guess, course not. But in some ways, it's sort of – Neither is Dollywood, but I love that. That's true. So, so – but you grew up in a suburb, right? Fair to say. Uh, I did. Of a, sm- yes. of a smaller city, but a city nonetheless. That's true. I grew, I, and you grew up in? In northeast Philadelphia, which is, which is technically part of the city and certainly was, uh, an urban area, uh, when I was mm-hmm. growing up there. It is, it is a separate neighborhood from the rest of Philadelphia to the point that I, I believe in the late seventies, they tried to, they tried to secede and become their own, like, official neighborhood. It did not work. Mm-hmm. It is one of the great embarrassments. Uh, in a list of many that the city of Philadelphia must bear. Um, but that was that like, half the city tried to leave. Yeah. It wasn't even half the city. It was just like a small name. If it's one of those things that doesn't make sense unless you're from the Northeast and then you go, well, of course, because we're not like center city or West Philly or South Philly or North Philly. It, you sure sound like the rest of them. I know. I know. It's bizarre. It doesn't make any sense. I, I admit that. But then when I was a child, Probably, I think when I was like eight, eight or nine, we moved out to the suburbs. So then we mm-hmm. had a yard and there was a creek and you could cross over the creek into a wooded area, but still you were very close to, to urban, you know, you're only just like a 20 minute ride to be cl- relatively close to like the no. heart of downtown. You're mentioning idyllic vistas from your childhood. Do you think it makes a difference how old you are, where you prefer to live? Because I think the suburbs for a kid is great. Uh, because you've got, uh, at least for me, I, that, I'm assuming that, you know, we're going to only be able to pull from our own experiences. Right. But living in the suburbs for me as a kid was great because 
I knew the bulk of my high school, like, and we all, like, we all worked at the restaurants around town and, you know what I mean? So it was a, there was that sense of community. And in all of my research and trying to figure out, you know, country life or city life, I've found all these lists online and pros and cons. And sure. what they all seem to boil down to is what is your relationship to community? And how important is that? Okay. You know what I mean? Sure. Because in a big city like New York, yes, you can find if you, if you have certain, uh, lifestyle or, um, attitudes or even biological or ethnic things that have put you, that would put you on the outskirts of a small town community. Right. You can absolutely find your community in a big city. That's a big bonus for city living. Uh, also, if you are a loner, you can get by much better in a city than you can in a small town. Because you, you, there's, with the anonymity of New York, in a small town, everybody cares what your business is. In New York, nobody does. Okay. So, um, so does it come down to, so community is part of it, but then convenience is another part of it. So, like, yes. Like, I think that the thing that attracts people to living in New York City is it's the center of where everything happens. Like you could live in downtown Tulsa, Oklahoma, and you're in an urban area. You're in the mm-hmm. center of an urban area, but it's it's not. It doesn't have the same feeling that New York has because it's got Broadway and it's got the financial district, right? But it's still Tulsa is still a city. You sure. can still go to a Walgreens. You can probably still walk to a Walgreens at you know two in the morning or whatever. You really aren't going to let go of the access to a Walgreens. I feel like it comes down to you of whichever area has the most Walgreens. Do have I talked about that before? About how much you love Walgreens? Yeah. In on the show or just in our private conversations? I, you mentioned it earlier today. I did not know you were this much of a Walgreens freak though. Oh yeah, man. Look, having a 24-hour place, 2 blocks from my apartment that has basically anything an indoor space needs. Not the best version of it, not the cheapest <laughs> version of it. But you know what? If you want a chair, they got a chair there. If you want some uh some sesame sticks, they got some honey ranch sesame sticks. <laughs> if you want a pizza, they have, you know, frozen pizzas, but those are fine. You make it sound like a like a, a street hustler. Like, hey, yeah. what do you want? You want a you want a keyboard? We got a keyboard over here. We want Bacardi, we got Bacardi. Yeah, what do you need? I like the section behind the front desk at a Walgreens okay. where everything is like, uh, oh, here's your sad life stuff. You need a hot plate? Great. <laughs> here's your hot plate and your, uh, and your foreman grill for one burger. <laughs> and your discman. Oh. That's true. It's like just all small electro, like the, there's a small electronic section at Target, but this is like the smallest of electronics. <laughs> they don't even call them electronics, they call them electrics. They don't even say the long word. It's the only place where you could go and get like a VHS player. <laughs> you get a VCR, you get like uh, a, a VCR plus. Oh, what's a VCR plus? VCR plus was a pro, was a box, I think, that you, or, or it was, it was either an addition to a VCR, or it was VCR that, that came with VCR plus. And mm-hmm. it would have a code, and you would enter the code into VCR plus, and it would know yes. what show to record it when. So then TV Guide, you would look and you, it would be like, um, Wednesday, 8 p.m., who's the boss? 
four five seven one. And then if you enter four five seven one, boom, later you're on, gonna get that who's the boss episode. Exactly. And you're gonna know what's going on with Angela and Moner. Uh, and Moner and Samantha. And Samantha. <laughs> and Jonathan. <laughs> but it was the precursor uh, to TiVo. All right. I I believe you. Why are we arguing about this? I'm very passionate about it. I felt like you All didn't right. believe me. Um, so we've talked a little bit about our our situations growing up, and, both pretty much suburban. And our love of Walgreens. And, and our love of Walgreens. And as adults, we've both lived in big cities the whole time. I've lived in New York and Los Angeles and Chicago, the three biggest cities in the country. Yes. Uh, and how you have lived as an adult in L.A. the full time, yes? Yes, pretty much. Uh, Which is basically a big suburb. We talked about this in our L.A. versus New York episode. Yes, L.A. is made up of suburbs, but there's still that idea of everything is is relatively close, even if traffic makes it difficult to get there. I've got major sports teams nearby, uh, art museums, certainly a lot of historical museums, parks, mm-hmm. uh, restaurants. Uh, I mean, a- access to all different types of cultural experiences. It's sort of all over – the city. So you still, you, you get an interesting mix at the same time where I live, which is, uh, which is an area near the water, uh, just, just north of the airport. Just in case you need to bail out, man. It's a, yeah, I can just yeah. swim away. Anytime you got to get to Acapulco fast. Let's go. Get me a jet ski and clear <laughs> the path. Um, but it has a very suburban feel in that it's sort of like cloistered off and, and we have our own little like community and to me suburbs are they are they are idyllic in a certain way there is a there is a something a little bit frightening about about the suburbs something kind of stepfordish mm-hmm. like we've tried to manufacture what we think is the perfect living and family experience yeah that faux utopia that is uh these are when when uh Suburbs are referred to as subdivisions. That's mm-hmm. what we had in Tennessee. We didn't talk called neighborhoods. We didn't call them neighborhoods. We called them subdivisions. Okay. Because that's what it was. They were all developments. Right. Uh, land developments. Yeah. So that was, yeah, like a city has neighborhoods. A suburb has subdivisions. Right. And they, and you, the, and rural areas have my land and your land. <laughs> uh, that is true. Like in a rural area, you, you have so much land. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, Jennifer's family, they live on, on my mother-in-law's family farm, which is a lot of acres. I don't know how many, mm-hmm. but it's a lot. And, and when I was growing up in the suburbs, uh, one of my friends, John Mackler, his family lived on an acre of land and it felt like, like the palace at Versailles. Like the amount of land that they had was incredible. They had a tennis court, oh, sure. which was amazing. And then they had a backyard area and then they had like very cool house, by the way. All for $150,000. You, you would think probably at that time it was a good, it was a good amount of money then, but now I'm sure it's astronomically high. There is something like some suburbs are a lot cheaper, although that mm-hmm. really varies from state to state from how many people are living there, what the concentration is, how much industry there is. That's going to dictate. Real property prices. Um, so, if I may, yeah. Since we're since we seem to have have gotten into the meat of this without really setting up how we're going to do it, sure. If I may, I think this is a good one to weigh pros and cons. Okay. 
we frequently we do all different methodologies on this show. I think a pros and cons approach is a good one for this. Um, and what I have written down are I've written down a list of pros for each one, some of which imply the bulk of the cons for the other. Okay, does that make sense? Sure. Um, I've already mentioned, uh, if I may, would you like to, can I just go over, uh, one of these? I'll, what do you want to start with? Go ahead. You, you, you have a direction you want to head. I'm, I'm there with S- you. Great. Do you want to start with city or country? Start with for city. the pros. Okay. So these are the pros that I have culled from these different websites. Um, and we'll, we'll go into the more important ones. Public transit, obviously. Uh, I talked briefly about anonymity. Uh, which if people like that, that can be a pro or a con depending on your relationship to your sense of community. Okay. Um, the sense of underdog communities or outsider communities that are more easily found in a city than in a rural environment. Uh, they are, and that comes from the population density, which also tends to make cities more diverse and tolerant of that diversity. Okay. Uh, cultural life. The opera, the theater, the libraries, the concerts, the uh, movies, etc. Uh, everything is readily available to you. Walgreens down the street. Want to buy a hot plate? Uh, <laughs> the greater variety of jobs and careers. Okay. Uh, 911 services are closer. Sure. And uh, as dumb as it sounds, better cell reception and Wi-Fi. Okay. So that is the, uh, would you like to talk about those and then move on to country after? Or do you want me to give you the country list? Well, I mean, it's, I think it's, those are all pretty self-explanatory mm-hmm. and that those are all the benefits of being in a more developed area in general. Um, mm-hmm. and that, that is either something that's really exciting to you because you love being around a ton of people or you're, you're kind of annoyed by it because you want time to yourself. Like it's cool. Apartment living is fine and it's cool and mm-hmm. it can be great, but you also have to share all of your, at least two of your walls and, and at, at least your floor, if not your ceiling, uh, you know, one of the two or both with other people who make noise and have their own lives to live. So you're constantly on top of one another. And I guess I'm getting into the cons, but it really depends on the person that you are and what you can tolerate. And maybe mm-hmm. to a certain extent, that's dictated by where you're from. So if you're from the country, the country's the best. If you're from the city, you can't imagine anything being better than being in the heart of a bustling metropolis. So it's, it's, it's important to say that, that even these things, anything that you even list as a pro could be seen as a con a lot of times, except for things, I think access to 911. Response times is pretty important. That's something that scares me about being in more remote areas in general. Not that I'm constantly in need of emergency medical attention, but if I was in that situation or if somebody I loved was in that situation, I would be concerned about it. But I don't – and that I agree with, but I don't see a downside to a cultural life. No, 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 no. But – And and to the ideas of diversity, tolerance, and um, more – not fringe, but yeah, I guess everything from complete middle-of-the-road mainstream to the fringes, there's a community for everyone. That doesn't seem like there's a con to that. No. Except – and then – but you – but there are cons and the population density that warrants that to many people is a con. 
that's that's the general thing. It's not there's too much culture or there are too many diverse groups. It's more right. just there are tons of people here. Um, museums I wonder if- and shows create tri- – like if you – it's great to be near a baseball stadium to get to one. But I would not want right. to live next to a baseball stadium because there would just be tons of traffic all the time and it would be Plus- miserable. Baseballs through your windows, constantly Sandlot style. Oh my goodness! Could you imagine Albert Pujols having to knock on your door <laughs> to get his baseball? I'm back? sorry, Mister Loveland. Can I have my ball back, Albert? This is the last time. Yeah, Albert, you are paying for this window out of your contract. <laughs> um. All right. So that is. Uh, let me take a, a sidebar here. Sure. And I know we don't often talk about politics on this show or, you know, ever. But one thing that I have discovered in my readings on this is that – and I, I this had always been a hunch of mine. People in more rural areas tend to be more conservative and people in more urban areas tend to be more liberal. Okay. Uh, and I think it's how much you've had to deal with population density. Like the, the idea that the government needs to be providing housing and services and all and many things that like the government of New York City provides are necessary that wouldn't on, at all be necessary in a rural area right. where most of the people are like, look, I'm self-sufficient. I don't need the government breathing down my neck. Okay. Uh, does that make sense? It does. I, I think it's a generalization. It because, is. It's a, a gross generalization. Yeah, I realize. I, um, so I, to me, that doesn't weigh in. That doesn't weigh. Oh, no, 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 I, no. I no I'm not saying it. this is a sidebar. Uh, this is neither a pro nor a con for anything. I just feel like I, I always try to find the roots for things, I guess, when we do this. And this was one of the ones I was like, why is that that, you know, why is that the difference? Right. So that popped up. So I, nothing I, nothing I said was, Funny or particularly insightful. This is, this is, <laughs> is that the new description for our show? <laughs> all right. Not- Let me get to my country list. These lists are all well and good, but mm-hmm. I think ultimately don't knock my list, man. I spent I'm, hours making these. I know these. you did. I know you love your list and it's good information to have because I think there are things that, that sometimes we don't think of or other people don't think of when they're listening to this that it's important to understand. But I also think ultimately it's going to come down to what would be the best living situation for people in general. Like if we, we are we – Is are, there such a thing as people in general? I think they have them in Walgreens because they don't have the specific people. Those cost too much. So you can sure. just buy some general people. Yeah, they have mockbuster versions of people. Yeah, they're right next to the Maxell 90-minute cassette tapes. Oh, I loved those as a kid. <laughs> Perfect length for a mixtape, y'all. Uh, 90's a little long. 60 is, look, I like you, but I don't like you like you. <laughs> That's true. If you, um, if you give somebody a 90-minute mixtape, you better be taking their butt to prom. Yeah. And the rest of them, too. Well, we'll see. Sorry. Um, all right. So... What are, where are we at now? Do you want me to read my list or you, you, I do you hate my list? list? No, I love You hate my list. list. I love you can say it. I don't. You can disregard my list, Sal. No, I don't want to disregard them. I want to hear them first. Then I want to disregard them. Uh, here's, uh, here's (laughs) the biggest one for the country. Okay. Aside from the the two biggest ones, space, obviously that we've talked about, Mm -hmm. cost of living. 
sure. significantly lower in the country. Um, there is, uh, because of that, because it costs less to live in the country. This is an, uh, one that was pointed out that I had never thought of before. Economic disparity is less. The rich, the gap between the rich and the poor in a smaller area is not as defined as it is in a big city. Okay. There's more egalitarianism between the people, which was another thing that led me to think, oh, I wonder if that's another reason. But again, you didn't want to talk about that and you hate my list. <laughs> Hal, what do you want to talk about? <laughs> well, no, those are, those are good points. I mean, I, I, I didn't really experience country life in any way, shape or form until I yeah. married somebody who came from a rural area and I got to mm-hmm. spend time there. And I, I really enjoy it. I think it's a lot, uh, it's a lot different than how you imagine it to be. And it's exactly how you imagine it to be at, at the same time. Mm-hmm. It does have a very small, you know, I think of small towns when I think of rural areas. Now there are true rural areas where it's farm, 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 and you've got to drive a half an hour to get to anything. Right. That, Those are not really the areas that we're talking about. Exactly. Though. That's real remote. We're, we're really talking – when we say rural, we're talking about small-town America. Mm-hmm. And one thing I love about the small-town America, because I just got back from there. That's where my dad lives in uh, in Florida. Mm-hmm. He lives in an area called Point Washington. Okay. Uh, it's all on a little bayou in Florida. And uh, I was picked up at the airport by a friend of his that I'd met once. Uh, they just do stuff for each other. My dad leaves his keys in the car. Someone called and was like, hey, it's hot. Can I come over and swim in your pool? And they're like, yeah, sure. Like everybody in the neighborhood knows each other. But everybody in the neighborhood knows everybody's business and sure. talks about it. Isn't that true of of urban areas too? I, I know it is because in our block growing up, there uh, there was a woman. Uh, we, we all had row homes. So it was a smaller one-way street with row homes. And the, the master bedroom was, was the window facing the street. So this woman would lean out of her window and just watch what was going on in the neighborhood. And if you <laughs> got out, like I would get with, get out of the, the house with, with my parents, we were going to get in the car and she would call down and go, where you's gone? And then when we came back, it was always, where you's been? And then her daughter, uh, shut Donna, up, lady. What do you need to know? Exactly. Her daughter, Donna was my babysitter. And, uh, great, like really nice, great babysitter, but there was that thing of like, really those <laughs> urban areas, especially certain blocks are like small towns. Yes, I would agree with that. There's a real neighborhood feel like everybody knows everybody and we all talk to each other and you know everybody's business and it's, it's nonstop because you cannot retreat to your 30 acres of land. See, I don't find that in New York, though. Like, I know my neighbors across the hall really well, mm-hmm. uh, but th- most of the building, we know each other to say hi, but we don't really get involved in each other's stuff. But like, I, it's everybody's. I feel like everybody's doing their own thing. Yeah, but and there, but there are certain neighborhood feeling. Like that's the thing about a, sure. a, in urban areas. There are some areas where everybody knows everybody in the block, and you have block parties, and families grow up together. And then there are areas where nobody ever speaks to anybody ever. Then you have, yeah, then you have hipster areas where everybody just stands in line on their phone at the coffee shop, which I'm not knocking because I do that. And I don't own a penny farthing yet. I'm waiting for an artisanal one. Um, <laughs> I'm pulling for you, buddy. <laughs> thanks, man. All right. So here's the, I left off on 
cost of living, it's much cheaper in the country. Space, uh, independence from, we, we, I talked briefly about that from, uh, reliance on anyone but yourself and your family and your however large a community you want. Uh, and then this, these are the ones that imply cons for a city. Okay. Uh, as country living, less crime, less traffic, less pollution, more stars, less competition for jobs. Uh, those are all ones that imply the opposite is true of city living. Did you say more stars? More, yeah, you don't see stars in the city. Oh, I see. So you see more stars in the sky. Yeah. Because you're not looking up at, at a bunch of skyscrapers. Right. Uh, exactly. Well, in the light pollution, you're not looking at light pollution. Okay. And, uh, and then there's one that this is, this may be specific to me, but it's a reason that I like rural areas. Um, because it feels like the beginning of a game of civilization to me. <laughs> like you can look around a, a small town and be like, okay, there's the water tower. There's the electrical plant. There's, uh, where the train station is. You know what I mean? Like you can see all of the elements that come together to form a civilized society. And you can physically witness them around you. It's, it's like the not seeing the forest for the trees. You can see more of the forest when there are fewer trees. Oddly, there are more trees in the country. This one fell apart. Do you, <laughs> do you, um, have you, do you ever go to a really like super rural area? And come up with an idea for something that would make like millions of dollars, but it's really just taking a larger city idea and putting it on a parcel of land where people don't like, hey, you know what would do really well here in this small town? A water park. We're going to build a 90-acre <laughs> water park with a giant parking lot and, and we're going to we're gonna call it uh, Fruit of the Flume. It's going to be huge. Everybody's going to love it. We're going to have a giant oh, lazy river. How? Have you thought of that name, Fruit of the Flume, before, or did that just come out of your mouth? I swear to you, it just came out of my mouth. Oh, I'm so at the same time disappointed and elated with you. You want to go to that park, don't you? I really do. 90 acres, man. <laughs> you ever been on one of those? Uh, there's. <laughs> I love water parks, first of all. I've been to one in years, but I loved them growing up. I'd look like a weirdo going now. Just me by myself going into a water park. Star Wars swim trunks. Um, hey, buddy, I'll go with you. Yeah. Oh, thanks, man. You will? Let's go to a water park. Okay. Let's bring Ken. Ken, you want to come? Come on, Ken. We're going to a water park. Let's go. Awesome. Um, so, <laughs> did you ever have the, the one slide that was just a, we had one that was on a hill and it was just a full round tube that disappeared into a grassy hill and came out on the bottom? No. It was dark and terrifying. That sounds amazing. We yeah, it was super fun. The ones and I, it curved around and did all kinds of crazy stuff. And I think they just built a slide. I thought for a second, how did they dig all those tunnels? And then I thought, no, they built a slide and then poured dirt over it. <laughs> That's how they made that. Boy, the slide came before the hill. Way to ruin the magic, Mark. You know what? They didn't cut through granite like those people making the Transcontinental Railroad. Hashtag heroes. <laughs> For me, it was always they, – they had the – it was just you climbed up what felt like the longest series of wooden stairs known to humankind. Yeah. And then you would drop yeah. down a bunch of tubes, like corkscrew tubes, and then mm -hmm. fly into a pool. 
And that was, that was it. That was just like the, ma- yeah, and then they're amazing. You get in the lazy river and go, why have I, what I want to do this for the rest of my life. How do I get to a point? Like if I, I really think if I was a super, super rich and I had a giant estate that I would have a lazy river that would be like domed, like you could put, put like a clear plastic dome on it for when it was raining. So you could take mm-hmm. a lazy river ride around the property and you could see. Like even when it was rainy, you got to sort of see up in the sky and be on a nice, relaxing little float. Would you build your house like in order of what you would need on this lazy river ride? Like if this thing snaked around your house, would you have it go? Would you have the current take you like bedroom to kitchen for breakfast to living room to garage back to living room? To, uh, den, to study, to back to bedroom. I see what right? I've That's done. That's a full here. day. Yes. I see what I've done here though. I've made you think that I'm building the Silver Spoons train, train line. Yeah. So it's just for recreation, not for transportation. No, 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 no. Yeah. The tra- oh, I thought this was for transportation. No, hang gliders are for transportation, Mark. The lazy river Duh. is just to relax. Oh, all right. I get that. Yeah. <laughs> so, all right. Before we, we really dig in. And make our final determination. Why don't we take a little bit of a break and all live in a wonderful world filled with Max Fun podcasts? How's that sound? Ooh, I'm going to listen to one on my way to Cracker Barrel and back right now. The three of you enter a cave of a big red dragon and is standing over a hoard of precious golden rubies. And he says, what do you do, adventurers? I'm a dragon man. I cast fire on him. It's very good. I address the red dragon to say... Us, we're the hosts of The Adventure Zone, a podcast about family playing Dungeons and Dragons. Very good synergy. Commit to the bit. I I, <laughs> I roll to charm new listeners. It is very effective. <laughs> against all odds. Everybody, we're the Macroids. We host The Adventure Zone. It's a podcast where we play Dungeons and Dragons together. It's a comedy podcast. We don't take the rules too seriously because there's a lot of them and we did not take the time to learn them. Maybe listen to us. We come out every other Thursday on the Maximum Fun Network. You can find us on iTunes or on MaximumFun.org. I think this promo is a critical hit. <laughs> Hello, Brent. Travis. Welcome to Trends Like These. What's Trends Like These, you ask? Well, it's a podcast where we take the, the news trending on the internet and we cover it in podcast form. We go beyond the headlines, beyond the memes to bring you the real story so that when your friends bring it up, you can look real smart. We take things that need to be debunked and we debunk them. And then we take things that need to be rebunked and we rebunk them. We bring you all the details and we give you a spin on it. Our opinions, our thoughts, and we also try to dig up some positive things to talk about so it's not all bummers. Just a couple of real life friends talking internet trends. So join us every Thursday on MaximumFun.org and wherever podcasts are found. Boy, what a trip to that Cracker Barrel. Oh, man, I am stuffed. I got every plate on that tray. Can we talk? (laughs) This box of Slim Mints. Can we talk for a second? I want to go back to the general store, Cracker Barrel. Okay. Sure. Why not end with this as well as begin with it? Can I just say that's not what cinnamon smells like? And have you understand exactly what I mean? (laughs) 
And to anybody uh, who's been there before, like, you know what I mean when I say that's not what cinnamon smells like from the candles to the potpourri yeah. to the to That's because you're smelling the cinnamon scent on a pine cone. Oh, it's so bad. Yeah, that's exactly what it is. It's like somebody has weaponized those, uh, those, um, those like pine trees that hang in your car, the deodorizers. Mm-hmm. And they're just spraying it directly into your nose the second you step in, but only in the store. The set when you cross the threshold, it's like Field of Dreams. You you cross that gravel, <laughs> that little line of gravel, and then you go from being uh, young Moonlight Graham to Burt Lancaster, yeah. and it's time to eat the old timer's breakfast to get on your ice flow. <laughs> and you smell only the food. <laughs> The, the greasy pork filled factory. Man, all right. I don't feel like I like you dogging, uh, Cracker Barrel as much as you are. I'm going to take you to Cracker Barrel. Ken Plume and I are going to take you oh, to Cracker Barrel. Why would you do that to me? Because it's delicious, man. The old timer breakfast gives you apple pie middles as a side dish. I know it's delicious. I want to eat that all the time, but I know I can't. Oh, I man. I can't do it. You're a vegetarian now. I yeah. get it. You can't eat apple pie middles anymore. Oh man, that's all. That's all I want to eat. I'll tell you that the food. You actually couldn't eat any of the vegetables at Cracker Barrel. They all have ham in them. Yeah, they're exactly. They're in. They're like the green beans have ham in them. They serve you a ham steak and then you have to find the broccoli inside of it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's like spoiler a, alert. There isn't any. It's like a tabletop double dare challenge. Like you're going in a giant ear. Yeah. Full of <laughs> gack. Oh, I wanted I. Here's the other thing I'll do when I'm really rich. I'll build a Double Dare course. <laughs> of course you will. Oh, I love Double Dare. All right. We're getting off the topic, Hal. Okay. Um, What's the better place to live, the city or the country? Oh, man. I – Am I going to – are we just going to wind up doing what Juliana said we would do anyway, which is just BSing with each other and then picking city at the end? It's possible, but – because that's where I live. That's what I love. I love my communities that I have found as an adult. I have found in the big city. And if you are looking for a sense of community, you can find it. Yeah. You know what I mean? I do. If the one biggest benefit of the country is the, the community that you find in a smaller town, you can find that. I understand that space is also an issue and cost is a huge issue. So I don't want to disregard those. But it's also the pace of life. Okay. Yeah. So to live in a city, everything is constantly on the go and it's, Mm -hmm. it's trying on your nerves to a certain point. I mean, the difference, what one of the other like New York LA jokes is that in LA, it's so laid back. People are late all the time. And in New York, when you say eight o'clock, it means eight o'clock. And be there. Unless it's a Broadway show. Uh, well, unless it's a, yeah. Well, then you have to hold for house, but you, you, in a city, like in, in most city places and outside of LA, there, there is a pace to everything that you're expected to keep. You're expected to walk down the street at a certain speed or else you're going too slow. When you, I remember recently being in New York in the last couple of years, one of our filming adventure trips and I asked one of the subway uh, a subway conductor, I asked her a question and she mumbled the answer to me, could not understand it. And I said, I'm sorry, I didn't hear that. And then she, when she answered it again, there was so much attitude. 
because she didn't have yeah, time. Yeah, you're not supposed to talk to them. They have stuff to do. But no, outside of – she was sitting there waiting to go. She was not doing anything active. It was the idea that I was taking up her time to – like I already told you once. Why do I have to tell you a second time? You do not get that in the country in rural living mm-hmm. at all. You were also just talking about the person whose job literally is to make the trains run on time. <laughs> That's uh, that is true. But there, would you agree that there's a general attitude in rural living, in 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 urban living rather, where it's right now and I don't have time for this? Absolutely. And um, which is a downside of it. Yes. Look, people are friendlier outside of big cities. We happen to pick jobs where our uh, our options are fairly limited. Two larger cities. This is true. Though when we did it, internet video and audio didn't exist. Yes. So now it can really be done from anywhere. True. When we first started, we, you, there were really, you had two choices or three or four maybe. Um, but now it's everything you can, luckily with the super fast wifi, the, it, you can pretty much live anywhere you want and do whatever you want. So pick the thing that you love, you know? That's true. That said, there is only one correct answer because that is the premise of this program. That is also true. Oh, God. Well, I got to say city then for me because that's like if the community, if the community aspect of country living is a big factor that can be found within a city. If space is a factor, I can find calm in a storm. There are parks. Uh, just because everything is communal and there's no sense of ownership to the parks and there are other people there, that has never bothered me. And, uh, what was the other, oh, the cost of living? Yeah, that sucks in a city. I'm not gonna, that, I can't get around that. But, you know, I guess you have to pay, there's more in taxes and things because there's more that the city offers. Well, uh, then let me say, that uh, I have to agree with you. Really? Yeah. I'm going to say people of the world. I'm a, I'm a city boy and Mark is a city boy. But we're not those city boys and city people who are a-holes about how the city is so much better than everything else. The suburbs mm-hmm. are, are great and they have their place. And the country is great. Rural living is not bad at all. It's It's relaxing. It's great. It is a world unto itself and, and all the good and bad that comes with that, just as living in a really busy area constantly filled with people has its good and bad. So don't take this as a slight, but also cities are the best guys. You have everything at your fingertips, food, culture, Walgreens, Walgreens in Cracker in, Barrel in Philadelphia. There is Cracker Barrel. Oh yeah, there's no Cracker Barrel in New York. Is, That's a big downer. Can I change my answer? It's outside the city. It's in the suburban area, but really suburban has urban in the title. It's part of the urban area. So if you live in in a city proper, you might be able to find a Cracker Barrel in the outskirts of town in the suburbs. Hey, if you're lucky, maybe you'll find a Bob Evans. Or is that not lucky? Down on the farm. <laughs> is that better? Which is better? Bob Evans or Cracker Barrel? Cracker Barrel. All right. Don't waste my time, Loveland. Cracker Barrel is better than Bob Evans, and city living is better than rural living. But if you live in the city, go hang out in the country for a little while. 
Yeah. Slow things down a little bit. It's nice. And get in touch with yourself and nature and other people and learn that it's okay to be polite and to take your time. And there actually is, there actually is an intolerance in living to the city. So don't think just cause, cause your way of living has won that you can be all hoity toity. You need to mm-hmm. learn to calm down a little bit. Yeah. And be don't nice be to a, each don't other. be a butthole about living in the city. Yeah. Stop being buttholes. All right, guys. You know that cities are better. Fine. Don't be such buttholes about it. This isn't a butthole convention. Oh man. Do you guys, do you remember Beacon? Oh my, Beacon was great. I, I loved, uh, the signing booths were really nice. The lines weren't too long. It was very well handled. Um, <laughs> but I still can't find my beehole, uh, that, that Funko pop that I got. Oh, of, sure. Of the bobble beehole. I wish yeah. I still had it. I, I think that'd be worth a lot of money. Um, so unless it's beehole con, don't be a beehole. Be an a-hole, which means acceptance hole in this case. <laughs> Asked and answered city mice everywhere and country oh. mouses. Oh, it's even true for Mises. Um, <laughs> asked and answered. Uh, and thank you to, uh, why, what was it? Why some, why dub, dub 38? I don't know. Why dub 38? I don't know how you weren't able to just remember that off the top of your head. All I remember was the why part. Why dub 38? Why dub? Because, do you think there's somebody named because dub 39? Yeah, that's gotta be the. Yeah. That's how that conversation begins. <laughs> the classic call and response. Yeah. All right. Uh, there are many more topics to discuss. Please reach out to us on Twitter at We Got This Tweets or check out our Maximum Fund subreddit. Uh, a flame war is probably happening right now. Also, why not go to our Facebook page, facebook.com forward slash We Got This Podcast or email us at We Got This Podcast at gmail.com. Thank you, as always, to our musicians, Jonathan Dinerstein and Mike Furman, for our score and our award-winning theme song, respectively. Thank you to producer Ken Plume, researcher Kate McManus, graphic designer Uri Kelman, and QA engineer Jen Alba. And thank you, as always, to you, our listeners. We know that you live all over the world, which is incredibly exciting for us. And I hope that your community that you have found in your city, suburb, small town, boat, wherever you live, uh, is pleasing to you and makes you smile as much as you make Hal and I smile every week when we get to do this show. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. For Hal Lublin, I'm Mark Gagliardi. And for Mark Gagliardi, I'm Hal Lublin. And don't worry, everybody. We got got this. this. We got this. MaximumFun.org. Comedy and culture. Artist owned. Listener supported.